Welcome to the Black Country Business Podcast. We're your hosts, Lewis Hayden and Andy Hemming, your coaches in helping you get more business success, specifically to business owners in the Black Country. And today, guys, we've got a special guest, Mr. Michael Dooling from Clover HR. He's going to be sharing with you his 30 years of experience in HR and also some lessons in resilience and key lessons in business growth. Grab a pen for this one, guys. It's going to be a great one. Welcome, everybody. You are listening to the Black Country Business Podcast. And today we have Michael Dooling from Clover HR. He's going to be talking to us about HR challenges in the world right now and how you can start to think about it a little bit differently. Also talking about uh, Michael's journey of becoming this director of, of Clover HR and the sort of challenges and, and um, resilience building that he's had to overcome to change the world uh, of HR. So welcome to the podcast, Michael. Thanks, Lewis. Uh, Hi, Andy. Um, Delighted to be here this morning. So um, looking forward to the discussion. I just hope you can understand the Irish accent, but you've convinced me you've got tapes that will help individuals understand that. We'll definitely sort it, definitely. (laughs) Awesome. So do you want to start, Michael, by telling us about uh, what does your business do and who are your clients you serve and how do you serve them? Yeah, uh, so Clover HR is a outsourced HR business, Andy, where we support now in excess of 60 businesses on a daily basis as their HR uh, advisor, their trusted people advisor, in effect. We provide HR support, advice and guidance on all those people-related issues that sometimes arise when you employ a bunch of people. And we also have... um, uh, a cream layer or a, an additional layer of services, uh, which we um, call additional services, which are recruitment, consultancy, training, coaching, and a little bit of health and safety. So we, we you would basically try and come to us for a one-stop shop when it comes to all things people for your business, where you do not want an outsourced HR function. Right stuff. So what makes you different to, to other companies then? I think I, I think um, when when you look at what the depth and the breadth of the skill base is, Andy and the team, I don't think there's anybody out there that can rival that level of exposure. Um, I've got 33 years for my sins. Don't all rush in, please, and say you don't even look that age. But no, I have got that depth of experience there. Um, I'm an excellent member of the Employment Tribunal panel, so I used to sit the other side of the table judging cases, lectured at Warwick, and um, for the past 30 years I've been a HR director at DPD, locally here in Smedic, uh, British Airways in Heathrow and Madrid for the cargo division, and DHL over at Coles Hill for a couple of years. Um, I, and I, we employ now broadly 25 people with a depth and a breadth of experience together with my own that I think you are not going to get anywhere else. And the thing about us, Andy, that makes us different, thing about us, um, Lewis, that makes us different is that we are local, we are quick, we are accessible, we are speedy, we are relationship-based. You do not ring a national call centre and speak to a different person day after day after day. You are not a number. You are our partner, we are your trusted people advisor. We develop a relationship that gets to know the inside leg measurement 
of your pet dog and we get to know what makes you tick as an individual. Um, and I think that that's what makes us different. Now, when you do that across 60 different businesses on a daily basis and you've got 25 people, the depth and the breadth of that service offering, I think is second to none. Well, I know it's second to none because I know what the competition is like. And with the greatest respect in the world, I don't think there's anybody who's got that unrivaled scope. Added to that, that, added to that, I'm a season ticket holder at West Brom, so I do humble a lot. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, you've come out of the blocks pretty fast, Michael. I mean, three, three and a half years in the business now, um, some pretty rapid growth. Um, what do you attribute that to, you know, from a standing start to 25 people and basic uh, level of turnover? Up to you whether you choose to mention that. I'm not going to. Um, what, what do you attribute that to? Um, yeah, we, we, we've achieved more than the level of expectation expectation I would have set out uh, and at the beginning I think I put it down to um, I've uh, lived uh, breathed slept this business for three and a half years I know what good looks like and I look for that in the people that I employ um, added to the fact that I have gone to the opening of an envelope in the past um, so that I've networked extensively as well so I've worked really hard I've developed a good profile. I'm beginning to find clients that referring business to us, which makes life an awful lot easier. You know, bizarrely, November 2020 has been the best month ever in the world of Clover over three and a half years. So that must tell me to pick the phone up to Boris and say, give me another lockdown. Give me two members of my team who've got Corona. Give me, you know, unfettered access to my clients because we've we, we've given us, we've, Lockdown's given us an opportunity to get even closer to a client base who's needed us even more. So yeah. the answer to your question, I think it's a lot of hard, you know, there's no rocket science in this. It's just be good at, be good at what you do every single day and keep doing it. And that's, that's the secret for what it's worth. And I don't switch off. Okay. I just want to pick up on one thing that you said very early in that piece, Michael, which is, I, you know what good looks like. Um, which is brilliant, but most of the market don't know what good looks like. Um, the same for most industries, you know, there's loads of people out there doing it, but people don't have the right level of knowledge to be able to ask the right questions as to what does good look like. So um, sitting here now as somebody who's grown a successful um, HR consultancy very rapidly over the past three and a half years and knowing what good looks like, what should the questions be that people ask to find out what good looks like when they think about dealing with a, a someone like you? I think um, ask them um, ask them a naive question, which is, um, you know, what do they dream about that they can talk about publicly from a business perspective? Um, what are the people challenges? What are the people issues? What are the people obstacles? One of the questions, Andy, I ask people sometimes is, imagine that pen is a magic wand. I'm giving it to you now. Um, I'm gonna give you one wish, which is wave it overnight. And think about the number of people that you employ today. Just think about them. How many of them would you employ tomorrow if you wave that magic wand? And that's really quite illustrative when you're sitting in a room of various family members as SME business owners, and they're all looking at each other thinking, well, maybe two, maybe three, maybe six, maybe seven. 
But I say to them, you know, those individuals that you may not wish to employ over the next 12 months, work with Clover HR so we can either improve the situation or we can remove the situation. And we will give you that level of investment commitment. So we will unlock that blockage in your business, that inefficiency in your business, or we will release the potential that's lately there. So good for me looks like partnering with a client, Andy, that gets that gets close, becoming an advisor of choice, having a relationship where they're ringing um, in advance of the Chupi acquisition or the Chupi sale. They're ringing in advance of what should we do about a particular member of the family who's no longer performing. It's having that relationship of trust, having that understanding. One of the testimonials was quite interesting recently. If you look at the client survey that's on the website, one of, one of the testimonial remarks was they care. Now, in other words, we might have 60 different clients that we support on a daily basis and you know potentially another dozen by the end of the year. Um, but every one of them thinks that we only work for them and nobody else. And I think that's great. Yeah, interesting. It's really cool. What's going through my head at the moment, Michael, is uh, so you got you got like three decades in HR. Yeah, you you? make me feel that old now, Lou. <laughs> it's your words, not mine. <laughs> so, so couldn't you have achieved this same sort of, you mentioned a little bit into your vision, we'll go into that as well, but couldn't you have achieved this by staying in corporate? Wouldn't you have still had that sense of achievement by being there? I guess what the question is, is what made you go into the business in the first place? Um, I, I think when you're in corporate life um, at that level, I, I, I was lucky enough and privileged enough to occupy some of the most senior jobs in HR in the country and got paid and got rewarded and compensated particularly well for that. Um, but that was never good enough for me. Um, because it was corporate life um, and it was um, institutionalized and it was a little bit removed. And the further and further I got up that pyramid, the further and further I got away from what it was that I went into the profession in the first place to do. And once you've got to a level of comfort in your own skin, you know, I, I had got to a point in my life where I knew what I was, I knew who I was, I knew where I wanted to go. And, you know, I had some very magical words of advice given to me once. And, you know, when I, when I came comfortable in my own skin, I realized I don't have to prove anything to anybody any, anymore, uh, particularly to myself. So I've done it and I've got a t-shirt and I've, <clears throat> and I've felt the coffee, et cetera, et cetera. So Clover HR was all about me. It was all about me putting myself out there and it's every single day, Lewis, where my personality, my experience, my credibility, the people I employ are purchased, are sold on the basis of that what we can, what the value that we bring every day. And that's the biggest challenge I've had. I can't hide behind the badge of PwC. I can't hide behind the badge of British Airways. I can't hide behind the badge of DHL or DPD. Fantastic businesses, fantastic brands. I can only hide behind me because that's my brand. So I put myself out there every day to ensure that we can add that value. And 60 times um, retained income for the next three years, businesses have now purchased that and more doing so on a daily basis. 
Yeah, so, it's really interesting you talk about this, Michael, because, uh, you know, we, we talk about it with business owners quite a lot, is what got you into business in the first place? Because sometimes they lose that sort of, not just vision of where they're going, but why they did actually make that jump in the first place. And, and you answering that question then is just a great reminder of people that may be, you know, losing a bit of motivation or just sitting on the fence a little bit sometimes. That, that's great response to what you just said there. So I'll some of the listeners, they, uh, they made some notes on that. That's really good. So vision then, where, where are you going? What's the vision? For uh, the vision is to continue to enjoy it. Uh, the vision is to give my two girls the options that they want um, in their lives, no matter whatever they may be. The vision is to give Emma, um, my partner, the option to... Um, you know, be permanently at home if she so wishes. She's a teacher. Uh, the vision is to maybe get another Labrador puppy. Um, from a business perspective, the vision is to just keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, I've got a number in my head as to where I want to be. I'm 55 in January. Uh, I'll certainly be doing this for the next, please God, uh, I'd like to think I'm doing this for the next 10 years. Right, so yeah, okay. Any questions, Andrew? So you're itching in your seat, ready to uh, ask some more. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, you know you talked about your personal vision there, um, and you know the, the the business is growing. Um, so what's what's the vision for the business? Yeah. What's what's the scale of the impact that you want to make? Uh, I want to I want to grow as much as I can. Andy as sustainably as I can um, whilst retaining as much control as I can. Um, I've got a number in my mind that tells me where I think that's going to be. Uh, why is that number? Well, I couldn't think of any other numbers, so it was it seemed appropriate. Um, I'm, I'm lucky enough to not necessarily need the, the income as much as I once did 20, 30 years ago, but those around me might need it more than I do. So it, it, it gives me option, it gives them options potentially. Um, so I'd like to get it to a certain number. I'd like it to be as big as I possibly can. I'd like to keep enjoying it as, as long as I can. But you know, I, I realized year one into the business um, and bearing in mind year one was the, was the runway, it was the takeoff year. It was really, really hard work. I know I'm fat now, but I was even fatter then because I used to eat every cheese sandwich at every network gig that was going within a, uh, an hour's radius. Um, but I realized after a year and a half when things were beginning to happen, we had around 15 clients. It was just me and one part-timer. Um, I needed to get some help. And as soon as I realized, and this is a life lesson, um, I'm not very good at many things. Um, but I know those things that I am good at. And what I needed to do was surround myself with people who are better at things than I am. And as soon as I made that decision and found those people, and they were actually better at certain things than I was, um, life got a lot easier. Life got a lot more enjoyable. Um, and the business started to grow. So we were 15 clients after a year and a half. Um, we're now over six, we're 62 today. Um, and that's only happened because I, I took on better people than myself. That's a, a really interesting one. I mean, um, I know that we'll probably have some uh, 
some clients listening to this one will be reflecting on that statement. Um, <laughs> because I think, you know, it's quite interesting, isn't it? When we, when we start our business, we've got to back ourselves to be pretty good up there amongst the best, in fact, because otherwise, why the hell would we give up that the safety of that corporate security blanket or whatever we were in? Um, but the, the quicker we make that transition out of um, being the best to finding people better and hang up the Superman cape, isn't it interesting that it's the faster the business grows? And I think, you know, that's quite a hard transition for people to make. So making it in your first couple of years is a pretty big step. Um, I suppose that might answer my next question, but equally it might not. Um, your biggest learning in your three and a half years in business so far? What would you um, say? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd answer that twofold. Yeah, definitely surround yourself with better people. Um, and find a way to embrace talent and capability and keep doing so. Uh, the second big learning was I realized after a year or so, Andy, that um, the more, and I, and I added three words into the following sentence because it meant that much more to me after a year. But I don't need to tell you guys, but the more people you speak to, the more likely it is that they will do business with you at some point. So the more people you speak to, the more likely it is that business may follow. Notice the caveat around the subjunctive, may follow. The more business that you, the more people you speak to, the more business that may follow. Yeah. And I put the following three little words in after around a year. And it's so, so, so pertinent for me. The more people you speak to, comma, all their time, comma, the more likely it is that business may happen. So those three magic words all the time meant I had to, and it's a natural behavior of mine anyway, because that's just my personality, but I had to keep in touch with people all the time. And yeah. it might be the case that nothing was happening or there was no business likelihood or there was no uh, business exchange going to be on the agenda, but I was going to keep in touch with lots of people. And I remember a really... I got super excited. I'll tell you this story. I got super excited. One of our big clients now uh, initially made a, a call to me within four or five months of me starting the business, early days. I was so, so keen, so, so excited. And I went to see this business, employs 100 people in Erdington, fantastic business, family business, Turns up, turnover then around 7 million, it's now around 10. Um, family business, father, son, management team, great people, went to want to do something on people, on HR, didn't really know what they wanted, but wanted to have a chat. I went along and had a two-hour discussion and gave them a few ideas. It was just perfect, perfect for Clover HR, perfect for them, um, and nothing happened for a year. And nothing happened for a year because they were in a different business, uh, priority stage they were moving other things were going on I think there were some personal health issues as well um, but after a year I got a phone call from um, uh, the family and said come on down we, we want to we do xyz etc 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 and they've been one of the largest clients for Clover ever since and I remember that talking to the, the, the main guy the dad who's now semi-retired. And he said, Michael, you've been a pain in the arse for the past 12 months, but you've kept in touch with me regularly. So I knew when I picked the phone up, 
I wasn't talking to a stranger. I was talking to somebody who had spent numerous times trying to get hold of me on texts, numerous times emailing me stuff, which I never read, but numerous times still engaged in me and, and the business. Yeah. Interesting. And I just, I, and I just looked and uh, I, I just looked at him and I said, wow, that's just taught me a very important lesson. So on the back of that stuff, which we were doing, I was keeping it in my head, which wasn't good enough. But we now all of us subscribe to a CRM tool that we all put our stuff into all the time. Um, I'm not teaching you to suck eggs because you guys know this for, for, for breakfast. But for me, Thick Irish Paddy, CRM, into the relationship management system. And if I've spoken to Lewis and Andy on Monday the 30th, I'll put, make a diary note. I'll speak to them again in a month's time. And up that process will come. Now, that's not rocket science, but for a business taking off, um, that was a big learning for me. So those magic words, the more people I speak to, comma, all the time, the more likely it is that business will success or will yeah. succeed. So the message out to the listeners, as they say on national TV and radio, is keep engaged with people as much as you possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. Find the blogs, find the social media excuses, find the opportunities, find the uh, avenues where you can keep engaged. Yeah, absolutely. Consistency is the absolute key. And there's some interesting stats around that I was thinking about as you were you were talking, actually. Um, 48% of salespeople never follow up. Um, the, the other interesting thing is that 80% of conversions happen between the fifth and twelfth touch. So, you know, you're just backing that up with your um, resilience and staying power, if you like. I mean, it's really important because so many people just don't do that. Um, spend uh, generate all that uh, spend all that energy to get people into their funnel in the first place and then let them exit out the sides you know it's crazy so follow up follow up follow up follow up follow up great um clearly there have been some learnings uh various ways to get those learnings michael what, what's your favorite book what would you say would be the uh, the number uh, one uh my favorite book continues to be harper lee's to kill a mockingbird um there's a guy in that uh, called Atticus Finch, uh, who's a lawyer in deep South America, uh, who stood up uh, in the wake of racial injustice and racial intolerance in the deep South America of the 1940s, 1950s, and um, defended um, uh, against the ind indefensible. And um, he stood up for what is right and for what is good. But he said something very important, Andy. He said, um, the only way you can really truly understand somebody is to get into their shoes um, and walk around in those shoes every day. Um, now, I try to be Atticus Finch every day uh, and fail quite often, but um, I try to get into everybody's shoes there. Um, and that does help me to see the other point of view um, a lot better than otherwise taking it my own view. Yeah, interesting. Okay, great. Um, I think from, for me, like, just talking about the growth of the business and all that kind of stuff. So what would be your uh, number one piece of advice for business owners um, or people considering HR or whatever it is? The best piece of advice I ever got um, was count to 10. Uh, and it used to be the case I could get to one and a half 
back in the day, but now I get to around four or five before I engage mouth. But count to ten, please. Um, and the best, the best ten words I ever got of advice. Um, sorry, you still there? Um, the the best ten words of advice I ever got were from my mother when I was telling her um, and my father that I was getting a divorce ten years ago. And after a moment's shock, um, she gave me these 10 words, which summed up what resilience is all about. She said, well, you know, you have to imagine divorce in the Irish Catholic culture is never uh, number one on the agenda. She said, um, she put her hands on the back of the table, looked at me earnestly and said, well, you're just going to have to go and get somebody else. And I thought, wow, wow. So that's what I did. Fair enough. <laughs> Great stuff, thank you. In regards to the what in the count to ten, then right. go into a little bit more detail about that. That's really interesting. Oh, the psychology around that. Let's hear a bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, you you you've got to remember, Lewis, that in the world of HR, sometimes you occupy, you you wear many hats. Sometimes you're a priest. Sometimes you're a diplomat. Sometimes you're a policeman. Sometimes you're a negotiator. Sometimes you're. Um, terrorist sometimes you're a challenger um knowing what to say and when to say it is crucial um and how i'd approach um a conversation with you guys as opposed to our conversation with a client in 20 minutes uh two totally different hats uh, but i might be saying the same thing so i've got to count to 10 and get myself in your shoes and see how I can relate to that. Fantastic. Yeah, really good advice for all business owners out there. Awesome. Any questions, Andy? I'm good. Cool. I've got one last thing to just to say. If you want to find out more about Clover HR, what Michael's doing to change the world of HR, you can visit www.cloverhr.co.uk. Uh, you can also visit uh, on uh, Facebook, Clover HR Service, if you want to give them a follow. They're on Instagram, Twitter, and, of course, LinkedIn. We'll put all those in the show notes as well. So if we would not any other questions, uh, anything else you want to say, Michael, before we, before we end the podcast? Uh, no, thank you for the opportunity to talk, and thanks for what you're doing to spread the message uh, amongst the business community. Great. Thanks for coming on today, Michael. Cheers.